You are listening to Power Marketing with Kevin Lee. Kevin and his agency Did It have helped thousands of businesses win through superior marketing, as have his books, articles, speaking engagements, and the eMarketing Association Power Marketing Podcasts. Here's Kevin. I'm super excited to be chatting with uh, Matt Breen today, who founded Canary. Uh, quite a few years back. So I'd love to hear the origin story to start off with. Like, you know, you were you were in marketing and advertising for, for years and, and then you just decided that there was a need. So what was the catalyst there? Uh, you know, it's, it's a funny one. First of all, thanks so much for having me on this show and I'm excited to be here. You know, the thing about uh, when I, when I think about why I started Canary, um, you know, the origin elements have several dimensions. First dimension was that my last big role in advertising, I was part of IPG in Interpublic. And um, I was playing a role where I kind of was the, uh, like the entrepreneur in the company. I was starting a lot of new, new ventures for the business, a lot of services focused things. And we were acquiring things as well, but a lot starting a lot of things. And I think there's almost kind of like uh, when you're in a big company and you're doing that, at some point you kind of call BS on yourself a bit because, you know, you're, you're not really an entrepreneur. You know, you're you think you're an entrepreneur, you're 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 you're. You're, but you're not really taking the risk. You know, I still had my big paycheck coming every every month and uh, all the accoutrements of being part of a big corporate company. But I think that that kind of feeling of I really need to kind of get my hands dirty and try to start a tech platform. And I'd had my eyes out to do something for years. And finally, the light bulb went off. Eureka, there was an opportunity. And, and that was really in the space of helping executives, uh, people, professionals make the most of their online presence. Um, you know, working in big companies in the digital marketing sphere, there are thousands of businesses that are focused on optimization and uh, growing the social voice or creating content for brands. But there's literally, there was nobody focused on individuals or executives. And so, um, and and I was looking at the results, and you know, when we would when we would do something with an executive, the engagement level would be anywhere between ten to twenty times greater than it was for a brand without doing any marketing spend on top of it. And so it was kind of like a no brainer. Like I, I was, it was like one of those eureka moments where you're like, oh my god. <laughs> You know, uh, why am I trying to get, you know, Oreo cookies to spend more on an ad when I should just be getting their executives to be talking because we'll, we'll cut through. And there, there was kind of that human insight, which is I'd rather speak to you as a human and you'd probably rather speak to me than to speak to a brand, you know, the exactly. idea that I'd speak to, um, this idea of a of a of a kind of an essence of whatever a brand is, um, it seems it, it it really is quite artificial. Um, people want to kind of connect with a, other human beings to understand and to move forward and to conduct business and more broadly speaking. And so that was the genesis of us building a technology platform that helps executives optimize what they're doing, generate thought leadership content 
connect them with the audience and the network that they want to be most associated with. And voila, Canary, here we are a decade later. Um, you know, we started the business in New York. We have offices all over the world. We've been on the Inc. 5000 list for the last five years in a row, one of the fastest growing companies in the world. So we're really excited about what we've been able to do. And um, uh, and and honestly, I still love it. I, I, I love it. I love it now for something different, to be honest, which is that when you when you get this thing going, you realize that there are so many people out there that have been denied a voice that really have so much to share and so much incredible knowledge about various topics. And I, I just love that, love the fact that we're able to help bring out these voices, whereas, you know, in the past, it was always kind of like, in many cases, that CEO of the big, big Fortune 100 company that didn't really know what he was talking about, right? <laughs> you know, and, and now we're, we're, we're able to really hit people that are doing truly groundbreaking things, can add a level of, of depth and nuance to topics that I just think is spectacular. So it's adding kind of a, another layer to to the the business dialogue, the professional dialogue out there. Yeah, that, that that's a really cool origin story. Now, now, one thing I'd love to get your perspective on is like when you when you started the company, sure, social media was there, but social media has really transformed in the last ten years. So, how, how has the Canary Elevator Pitch changed from what it was when you first launched to now? When you know it's not just LinkedIn. I mean, yeah. the, 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 an executive can have all a big footprint, a social media footprint, a digital PR footprint, right? The blogosphere has changed since then. Yeah. How has that changed the elevator pitch for your sales team? Yeah, it's it's changing and it's evolving again now, I, I would say. I'll get to that in a second. But originally, we were heavily focused on search results. Um, the, the idea being that the majority of individuals started looking up information, looking up other executives really on search, on Google. And, and it, it, we, we started the business at kind of a, a moment in time where Google's algorithm was going from being relatively basic, to be honest, uh, and, and, was, and was being heavily manipulated by, by lots and lots of companies to becoming much, much more sophisticated in how it ranked and tracked and thought about the information that it was putting in lists. And so we really focused heavily on search. And in fact, to be honest, I think today our logic still applies a lot of search ranking, SEO thinking. Um, it's whether you care about your search rankings or not, it really is the tap how the internet is tethered together, how digital information is tethered together. And so it, it's it's a it's a helpful context to think about all areas of business. Now, so we we started there. It shifted more into areas like LinkedIn as um, the the number one place for people to look up other executives. Moved away from just being Google to now being LinkedIn, and and now I would say it's shifted away from LinkedIn a bit, um, and it's now becoming much more multimedia focused, and so. We're doing a lot more with YouTube channels that were, uh, I would say, kind of ignored by us five years ago, like Instagram, um, are now 
incredibly important because um, the people that actually spend a lot of time there are now the leaders of businesses. And they have chosen to actually keep those things going, not just for personal reasons, but for professional reasons. So the, the, the big shift, I would say, is we've moved from a world where we were kind of really just trying to own the, your te- top 10 search listings to a world that you had to own that plus LinkedIn. And now we're moving into a world where it's very heavily focused on uh, kind of a multimedia tapestry. Yeah, that, that's fascinating because, uh, you know, generally when when my team is doing SEO, because we started in SEO in 96 pre-Google, you know, we, we, we're, we're trying to own the entire search engine results page for a client's brand uh, because, you know, you want to own the entire SERP, not just get the top ranking. And it's easy to get top ranking for yourself, right? With right. Your brand. And, and, and uh, you know, so, but but people are not, are not just going to look at the first listing when they're doing reputation uh, research either at an individual level or a brand level. And so I, I love the fact that you've got that holistic view. And the reality is all, all those other content areas that you're talking about, those tend to rank well, right? Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 the individual's LinkedIn profile, perhaps their Twitter profile, perhaps their YouTube channel, you know, yeah. those are going to rank well. Um, and yeah, so, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, it still matters. Uh, the, the search is still incredibly, incredibly uh, important. And as I said, it's, it's kind of part of how we optimize for other channels as well. I would just say that probably the focus has shifted a little bit um, into some of these other areas as they've been perhaps ranked more highly by Google. You know, it's kind of, it shows you how intertwined we are. It is very intertwined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess the running joke for the last, you know, 10 years has always been the best place to bury a dead body is on the second page of your Google search (laughs) results. You know, it's, you really got to own that first page. That's absolutely. (laughs) So I certainly think about it, you know, it being super valuable in in the B2B context, right? Mm Because when people are making B2B, purchasing decisions, right? You know, they don't really think about making that decision purely about I'm buying from the brand or I'm buying at the at the company, but they want to know, you know, the person that they're buying from as well. Do you, do you find that it's it's been more uh, interesting for, for B2B and, and in the investor relations side of things or a lot of the B2C yeah, I mean, companies it, also yeah. jumping on board? Well, it's 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 a great question. I would say that our customers are, are B2B, B2C, really everything. Mm-hmm. However, the B2C businesses do use it probably more for stakeholder management mm-hmm. um, and, and things like their investors, their partners. Um, they're trying to kind of perhaps uh, own a corporate uh, part of the communication story. So I'll have conversations with large, maybe beverage companies, and they'll talk about how they want to be perceived as more sustainable, or they want they want the that to kind of be bled through not only from a customer perspective, but as how people think about working with them as a business. And so it's it's what what I guess I talk about a lot is we kind of sometimes get get blinded or myopic perhaps about how we think about communications. We'll think about it just for being for customers or just being for finding partners to work with from a B2B perspective. But the re- reality is that 
most executives, senior executives are operating on multiple levels. They're communicating with their board members. They're communicating with their employees. They're communicating with outside stakeholders, third-party press, uh, customers, and all of those audiences matter. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Um, you know, I sort of, to some extent, see part of the value that I, I think you're trying to combine together similar to what, you know, PR agencies do with media training, right? Because they try to train the executives to think about, you know, what you're saying and where it ends up, right? And I've certainly seen in those cases that executives that don't have media training sometimes forget that even the Facebook post to their friends is quasi-public, right? And of course, tweets and LinkedIn are highly visible. So what, what mistakes do you see folks making before they get to you and before they get the level of handholding and structure that you guys provide? I mean, it's funny. I'll start because you just triggered it in my mind, uh, is that uh, we definitely see companies sometimes start by hiring a PR firm. And I I would say that's probably uh, not necessarily the greatest place to start, primarily from a cost perspective, you know, and the results they'll get. I mean, most companies will kind of be, they'll put their business plan together. Let's say they're kind of like a series B, series C company, and they now actually have a budget and they can, and they're told, okay, well, we should do more PR. And um, they charge, the, they hire these agencies 20 grand a month, you know, and these companies really they, they can't really do that much. They end up doing a lot of time on figuring out maybe a positioning, which is great. That strategic positioning work is valuable. And then they'll do these meet and greets. But the journalists are so overwhelmed right now. They don't really have time for anybody who doesn't have a voice already. You know, they're yeah. really looking for that kind of... So, so I would say... It's important to kind of start out building that presence before you get to that stage of hiring, you know, a big PR firm. That's that's a mistake we see sometimes. And we end up kind of kind of taking a step back to take two steps forward. So it's that that, that can be challenging. Um, the other thing I think just is 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 that myopia that we we we've seen where executives somehow bifurcate their brains where they think that there's their professional life and then there's whatever they want to be doing. And, and the reality is that today everything is so holistic and integrated and merged that you have to kind of take that, that more total view on things. And I mean that not, not neg- like not, not, that, not that they need to be worried about posting something personal, but that they just need to be thinking about their whole self. And 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 um, that's really what I would say we can learn from the younger generations. Actually, they're much more about their whole selves than we <laughs> ever were. And uh, I think it's just such a blessing to get that message from them where they expect their leaders to be living complete lives that they, you know, that the idea that they would be living for work is just preposterous to them. Yeah, I, I love that you mentioned that because, you know, if you want to make an impact on certain segments of the population, whether it's, you know, age-based or demographic-based, you need to be authentic, right? Yeah. If you silo your life to the point where you know, it's much harder to be authentic, if you're yeah. like, oh, I only ever talk about business and I, I never talk about like who I am and what I, what my passions are, et cetera. Yeah. You know, people, 
people are less interested in that. I think it may, makes you a less interesting person if you're two siloed people as opposed to one holistic person. Yeah. So, exactly. uh, so th- that's a great point. I think a lot of folks can can learn a lot uh, from that. You know, one of the things you know, in those few cases where we've where we've sort of branched out our services to include, you know, taking a subject matter expert internally within the company, which could be a founder or or a non-founder, right? Um, is, you know, some of them are naturals, they're charismatic, and others are not quite so charismatic out of the gate, right? So uh, what, how do you recommend people deal with sort of the reputation management content creation process if they're not sort of a natural on-camera presence, let's say? <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. And, and we certainly work with individuals. We've set up guidelines on how someone can be more clear when they speak uh, on video or uh, via audio. However, I will tell you that one of the things that we've learned is that any advice that people give that 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 you're told to be slicker in a way or to be, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, cool, it's it's really crap advice. You know, uh, you know, the 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 viewers' audience is much more clever than that, and they mm-hmm. really want to hear people that actually are saying something, you know, they, there's just so much noise. If you want to go see a beautiful person, go, go to Instagram and look up any male or female <laughs> model and they they'll be talking about nothing and being, being attractive. That That's right. fine. But like, uh, if you want to hear people that actually have a point of view on topics, it doesn't really matter like it, that you're, that you that you're well spoken or that you're it, it just matters that you tell a story clearly it's okay that you're a little bit nervous just mm-hmm. do it and and i guess for me you know the biggest learning is that and that's hard for some people is yeah. that we come from a world where we were all people that are a little bit older were trained to kind of don't put anything out there that's not flawless like be perfect. And it's just the worst advice in a digital age. You know, the best advice is to be iterative, to move forward quickly, uh, to, to, to kind of challenge yourself to new, to do new things that you're going to stumble. Be okay with that. Stumbling is awesome. Like just, just go, go, go. And so when I meet people that are not comfortable, I say, look, do this, let's do this every day. Like, let's keep going. Like, and Mm -hmm. Um, and, and within a year, some of, I mean, some of our customers are amazing. I mean, so it's, it really just, it's doing it, making a commitment to it. Um, and then not being, not being uncomfortable with the fact that maybe it's, it, it's okay to not be like, you sh- it, the, the goal shouldn't be to be slick, right? The goal yeah. should never be to be slick, you know? Then you break the authenticity side of it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, it's you know, I, I I sometimes will talk to professional sales coaches, and sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, well, you know, you don't want to do this, or you don't want to do that," or and you're kind of like, "Oh, but if you ever if you ever presented that to me, I would never buy your product," <laughs> you know, like I, I I I you know, so there's this kind of there's like lean into being whoever you are and be comfortable with that. So, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, it's sort of funny because you know the services that you provide obviously are cross industry, cross category, and some of them have sort of 
fast news cycles and mm-hmm. some of them have no news cycle at all really i mean it's yeah. like you just never read about the industry at all does does that change your advice to your clients like because sometimes there's not as much to talk about in certain industries as other industries and in other yeah, industries i suppose i suppose it's, it's, but but you know what what we tend to do is tell people to focus on a short list of topics where they can cut through and uh, you can usually find a way to nuance those stories and to tell them the same kind of the same theme in different ways over right. over time. Um, you know, we work now, I think last check was like 178 different business verticals or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> uh, some some of the challenges that we have is that certain industries are highly regulated. So sure. we just have to be you know, we're really looking for for news that moves moves the story forward or, or forward or adds another data point that supports a thesis that somebody might have. Uh, we're always able to kind of push that type of thing forward, um, but I, we haven't had a problem where you know it's not that we're working with a category where there's no news, and because ultimately I would say that if there's no news, that's news. Like that's no, like that's news, right? Yeah, it's, no it's one's talking about your industry. <laughs> you got, you got us, you got something you should talk about, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, I know. When, when, when the, when, when we hit the, the sort of equivalent, the sort of the writer's block moment, right? When, when you're trying to ideate on content, um, we always try to say, well, let's try to think out how to co-create content with your partners, whether it's your suppliers or your customers to do testimonials or whatever, like often that just creates a, an entirely new layer of stuff that you can do because now you're not doing it by yourself. And it's just much easier to storytell when you're collaborating. Uh, yeah, have absolutely. you been doing that as well with, with clients? Yeah. I mean, I would say that we have been trying to do more of that kind of cross-pollination and it's worked on a category basis at times, uh, you know, last year we did a big, a big, a big kind of push around Earth Day mm-hmm. because we had a lot of companies in the sustainability space and we were able to cross pollinate and bring together lots of groups for uh, kind of a shared uh, webcast podcast experience that was that really worked well. Um, there, there are, there are going to be moments where we, we can do that. I would say now we're finding that it's starting to, uh, because the world is opening up again, we're actually going out of our homes and seeing each other again and going to conferences again. There's been an exciting moment where we've been able to help organizations kind of curate a group of people together. And so that's, I think, where we're going to be able to do, do more of that. Yeah, one other thing I sort of struggle with personally is sort of in 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 my many hats that I wear and <laughs> my personal reputation management, I guess you'd call it, is obviously I can be very proactive in creation of content, whether I'm doing it individually or co-creating like we are now, or I can react to things in the social feeds, right? So mm-hmm. there's things that other people are posting, either that are newsworthy or relating to an industry. And obviously you can't spend all day just doing that because I could. I could just sort of watch my LinkedIn feeds and 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 other social feeds and be, be very reactive to things that are going on in the industry. So when it comes to sort of balancing that, uh, what advice do you give to your clients as far as the, the, the creation and promotion of exist of new content versus the sort of jumping on board with the business equivalent of a meme, right? Like something that's hot in a category. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, probably one of the reasons why we exist as a business is because at the end of the day, the only 
asset that we can't get more of as a human is time. Right. And so anything that anyone can have that can help them achieve these goals that, that they, they, when we started the business, people didn't know that they really needed to be doing anything online mm-hmm. to be perfectly blunt. But um, now they do. And now it's just a frustration thing, which is uh, they have meetings to go to. They have targets that they have to hit. They have planes to catch, kids to pick up at school, right? There's mm-hmm. lots of things people got going on in their lives. And they just need support from a, a time perspective to do it. Um, in terms of of how much time people should be spending on this type of stuff, I I would say that as, one of the things that has changed for for me over time is I consume media in a in a dramatically different way now. Um, I I consume media really through my networks of influence. Uh, I you know I I look at you know, what you're posting, Kevin, I look at what other people are posting, and and that really frames the way I consume information. And so perhaps some of the time that I would have spent in the past reading uh, the newspaper or something like that has been given over to these networks that you create. And, um, and, and, And so it hasn't really been an additional time suck for me as much as a time shift to a slightly different way of consuming information yeah and that 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 has an impact on obviously what you would recommend to others um do most of your clients end up coming to you because of some reputation management crisis where they're sort of like oh my god this happened and they're trying to put a band-aid on it or is it much more strategic that they're like okay it's time for me to focus on building my personal reputation when we when we started there was a pre-existing industry that was out there, which was kind of reputation management. Um, and these were companies that worked with executives to s- help them out of a, a reputation crisis. Yeah. Um, we certainly have those customers, but I would say that the vast majority of our customers are more forward thinking, or sometimes what I say is if, if that industry was defensive, we're more offensive, um, mm, which is to say that um, we would work with customers to tell their story, which is that um, you're online. I, 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 you know, I, I started the business and I said something that seems so obvious now, but mo- people didn't really grok this, which was that their online presence, their their personal presence online mattered. It mattered in terms of their reputation. It mattered in terms of the reputation of their business. It mattered in terms of the opportunities that they received as well as the opportunities that their business received. And so it's it's that offensive thinking, thinking outside, thinking forward, thinking growth that we, I think, are 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 more 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 supportive of. We do have that defensive element. We do it. Um, it's just, you know, if, I would say that if you're more, if you're offensive, if you're thinking about having an online presence, growing your online presence, when you do have a crisis, uh, y- you'll be in a much better position. I, 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 I sometimes say that it's like a for better or for worse moment, right? 
for for better you want to control your your search results because you can make the most of your business for worse something bad happens you want to have control of your story so you can <laughs> can solve it right so. yeah absolutely you know one thing i've noticed um cuz we're more more typically doing digital content and seo and and uh content co-creation for brands as opposed to individuals but we notice that there's like the 6 to 9 month tipping point if you're aggressively creating new content that like the ROI is delayed and then all of a sudden you reach this tipping point where like oh my god all this stuff that we put in the can and got out there is really starting to rank and it's really starting right. to work and we're getting this momentum do you find that that's the same case when you're doing personal uh it, it it's not the same and it's it's because the the criteria for that Google and others place on brand and corporate information is pretty strict um and it's getting more and more strict every day so uh they don't want to rank your page until you've ticked every box and they change <laughs> their as you know they change the rules on how they rank stuff all the time so if you've done something wrong it could you could be penalized and you don't don't even know why or how i would say what we found when we've talked to the developers of place at google and um linkedin and twitter and others is that they they actually kind of philosophically are in line with what we're talking about which is that people want to be connected with people right you know developers kind of hate the fact that that people that don't really know what they're talking about are talking about you know ai you know it, the greatest way to piss off a developer is to talk about technology when you've never coded anything you know so <laughs> Right. So it's they, they really want to hear from the people inside of businesses that really know things. And so um, they, they've designed their own technologies to support that kind of almost peer to peer to almost, you know, people to people thinking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. So, so what has you excited for this year? I mean, do you guys have stuff in the pipeline or just generally in the industry? You have some 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 things you're excited about. I mean, AI obviously has been in the news a lot, and will it be interesting to see how that shapes yeah. the future? But yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I I, I find that the Chat GBT thing has been uh, wonderful, but it's also one of those things where it's fascinating to me that that is the thing that caught the the cultural zeitgeist. That that is the way this came through. Canary has been working with OpenAI for years. So, you know, I, I'm a, I have a PhD in machine learning. I, we do a lot of work in that space. So, and, and so we, a lot of the things that people are excited about are not, not really new. I mean, it, so it's, it's interesting <laughs> to me that this is somehow suddenly woken up and, I, I I sometimes my cynical side is that you know the the powers that be have decided that oh we need to find growth this is where let's let's really kind of talk a lot about this right now. Um, what will be interesting to see is how Microsoft really embeds this into their suite of products. Mm -hmm. That I think is going to be the key thing, and how we see this really making other industries smarter. Um, I saw some really interesting stuff the other day uh, in the legal profession. You know, I would love to see 
that that kind of restructured uh, maybe disintermediated a bit <laughs> uh, you know to uh, to see how you could apply this technology in in those spaces but um, yeah AI is, is 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 interesting I would say our big push this year is to even go deeper on the multimedia side mm-hmm. um, you know where we've added in a ton of new video features in our technology and there's a lot more coming down the pike this year. So you'll you'll see th- those elements. Then the other thing that's been kind of interesting for us, you know, it, um, probably more interesting just for me because we're just the geeks on the inside of the company is how we're we're going deeper into organizations. So we've always been kind of the top three, top five percent of executives, but now with a lot of these large organizations, we're going deeper and deeper into them and how we're able to kind of weave that story together from kind of the employee level all the way up to the CEO has been really, really cool. Yeah, that, that sounds really fun because uh, whenever we needed additional ideas of, of content for clients, we would always go in deep into the customer service teams, deep into the sales teams, deep into the HR teams, because they had a completely different lens that they viewed everything through, right? So it was, yeah. it was great from, from the perspective of content, but I never thought about then attaching the names of the individuals and letting them build their little personal reputations around that as well and authentic, you know, making it more authentic from that perspective. Not that they wouldn't necessarily be on a video or be on a podcast with, you know, when, when we were working with them, but sometimes they would because they yeah. were the subject matter experts, right? And so they could speak intelligently on things, but that's that's very cool that your business is layering into that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well thanks so much for joining me, uh, Bant. It was, it was great to catch up and to hear what you're working on. And, and Always um, good to talk, buddy. Kevin Lee's Power Marketing is available on all your favorite podcast networks. Kevin loves helping businesses excel at marketing. Having marketing challenges? Just like Santa in the Miracle on 34th Street. If Kevin can't help you, he'll know someone who can. Find him on LinkedIn, subscribe or follow.